What a privilege and blessing it is to be with you in Studies in the Bible. My name is Brian Behrens. This second season of Studies in the Bible, we have been looking at the divine origins of Christianity and specifically the Bible, a special divine revelation. I want to step aside for one podcast and tie in some podcasts from last season dealing with current events. The title of this podcast is The Cut Flower Society. I first heard this metaphor some 35 years ago. It was talking about the state or direction of morality and culture in the United States, and specifically its disconnect from God. Trending then was a million abortions a year and record divorce. At that time, the United States, or a large portion of it, was confident that God was on its side. I am not suggesting that the United States was ever a theocracy, having God at its head. I am pointing out there was this idea that the United States had God on its side. Not surprising, when we look at the standard of living, the growth of the economy over those years, We might come to that conclusion. However, morally and culturally, during the last 60 years, it has all been downhill. There has been a rapid erosion of what God would judge right and wrong. What makes any nation great is its recognition of God. That was certainly prevalent among the founding ideas of the United States. From the smallest to the greatest, all agreed with the proverb writer's statement in Proverbs 14, verse 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is reproach to any people. I want to step back into the Old Testament and look at a very similar time when the Old Testament prophet Amos is called by God to confront his people during the divided kingdom of Israel's history. Ten tribes had separated to the north, known as Israel, and two tribes, known as Judah, in the south. During this time, it was a period of national optimism in Israel. Business was booming, but below the surface, greed and injustice are festering. Hypocritical religious motions have replaced true worship creating a false sense of security and a growing callousness to God's disciplining hand. Through famine, drought, plagues, death, and destruction, nothing can force the people to their knees. Their idea was political answers to the spiritual condition. God calls the prophet Amos, Let's look at a snapshot of the prophet Amos and his faithfulness and sternness in delivering God's message. It is summed up in Amos chapter 7 and verse 14, where he is being told by Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, which is one of the sites the northern tribes had set up to Baal and calf worship. Amaziah says, Don't you prophesy these bad things here in Israel. The King Jeroboam's sanctuary in Bethel. You get out of here and go back to Judah. 
Look at verse 14. Then Amos answered and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, nor was I a son of a prophet, but I was a sheep breeder and a tender of sycamore trees. Amos says, I didn't ask for this job, but I'm going to finish it. The prophet Amos uses two visions to illustrate the reason for the coming judgment, the vision of the plumb line. Look at Amos chapter 7, verses uh, 7 through 9. Thus he showed me, behold, the Lord stood on a wall and made with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. Then the Lord said, Behold, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not pass by them any more. The high places of Isaac shall be desolate, and the sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. I will rise with the sword against the house of Jeroboam. The other vision is in chapter 8, verses 1 and 2 the vision of a basket of summer fruit. Let's read that together. Thus the Lord God showed me, behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what do you see? So I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then the Lord said to me, the end has come upon my people Israel. I will not pass by them anymore. We all have had fruit put out to eat on our tables. It sits there for a number of days. It looks good on the outside, but when we bite into it, it's rotten. Only good to be thrown out. God uses these poignant metaphors through the prophet Amos, describing his people in Israel that they were crooked and rotten. It was too late for the nation, but Amos calls for repentance. He is met, for the most part, with the attitude, we are God's people and God would never do this. However, they would shortly be carried away into Assyrian captivity. I think this is exactly where we find ourselves today. We are a cut flower society. We look alive and still giving off a fragrant smell, but we are a dead moral society. In the New Testament, the inspired Apostle Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 8, in Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. While the world falls under the globalist corporatist technocracy, this new Tower of Babel I spoke about last season, this planetary dictatorship of the authoritarians, the UN, the World Health Organization, their medical tyranny, this band of evil men along with the highest echelons of the U.S. government. Fiddle, just as Nero did in Rome, as they usher in a dystopia and the destruction of the nations. However, We must realize God rules in the nations of men, Daniel chapter 4 and verse 17, and is allowing these things to take place. 
Matthew 3 and verse 12 says, His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. We here in the United States have declared war on God. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. The final chapter of our stories have not been written. The prophet Amos says to his countrymen, who will listen in Amos 5 and verse 5, Seek me and live. And in verse 6, he also says, Seek the Lord and live. Jesus calls us to repentance. In Luke chapter three, 13 and verse 3, he says, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. We see 3,000 at the beginning of the church turning from their sins in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 and 38. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when we drop to verse 41, it says, Then those who gladly received his words were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Thank you again for your kind attention. We are in perilous times. If you have any questions or comments, email me at brianbarons at protonmail.com. As always, I salute those who search the scriptures.